On this episode of Progressive Plaver, Joe shares some thoughts on Marillion Weekends. Hi and welcome to Progressive Palaver, a group of lifelong friends and appreciators of music discussing the greatest progressive rock bands, album by album. I'm Joe Beauclair on this hopefully short Progressive Palaver for one. I'm going to share some thoughts that I have with regards to Marillion Weekends. Okay, welcome everybody to another uh, episode of Joe Shares Some Thoughts with the General Public. I had not planned on doing this recording at all. In fact, I had um, a completely different topic picked out and actually recorded. And as I sat down to edit it, that particular recording, I was like, I would rather do something else this week. So here we are. Now, it is uh, late April 2023, and I am gearing up in just a few weeks to attend the Marillion Weekend in Montreal, and I am thrilled beyond belief. So I have been preparing myself with full Marillion music immersion. I believe it's going on two weeks now where I've listened to nothing else but Marillion. I do have a couple of things tonight and tomorrow that I need to listen to for the podcast itself. We've got a couple of things that are we're working on, but for the most part, in terms of my casual and personal listening, it's been all Marillion all the time, and I am absolutely loving it. You know, as I've been listening to it, I've been struck by a number of things about the Marillion catalog. And it's amazing to think of just just a lot of stuff. But how much I really, really do just enjoy this band. I haven't seen them for several years, and I'm very excited to. Now, one of the things about me seeing Marillion is I generally have to go out of my way to see them. I have lived in Texas for the better part of 30 years. And while it's, I'm not going to say definitively, I am aware I've of them coming to Texas once in those 30 years. And that was probably six, seven years ago when Ken and Paul came down to, to see the show with me, which was a, it was a crazy time. Um, they, it, it, it's possible that they came through Dallas earlier, you know, um, when I was sort of away from being a, an active consumer of music in the uh, the earlier part of 2000s. But, you know, it, it's not really important. The fact of the matter is I have traveled extensively to see Marillion. I, I've attended two Marillion weekends. One in Holland in 2007, which was our first one. 
And Paul and I went to see one night of the Montreal performance in, I believe it was 2013. But even beyond that, any time that I've seen Marillion has been in Philadelphia because they just haven't come here with the exception of that that one time. And I, I believe we have a, a special concert series on that. Um, that was great. We got we got uh, the opportunity to meet the band after that show. Rothery made us white Russians, as is the custom. And it was just, it was really just a, a fantastic um, experience with regards to that. But as I've been going through the catalog, there are a couple of sort of broad brushstroke things sort of hit me in the head. One of the obvious things is the fact that Marillion have, in my opinion, done a really excellent job of sort of maintaining their catalog. I was I was aware of the Radiation remix, and I apologize that I don't recall who uh, performed that remix. And obviously, I knew about, I believe it was in 2018, the Stephen Wilson remix of Brave. Uh, there was a remix of, I believe, Afraid of Sunlight. And, and these are, you know, albums that had some, some limitations, shall we say. And, you know, it was really cool to see them sort of go back and address them. Now, these remixes I had not particularly heard. And so I was very keen to, to get into these. And I, generally speaking, was not disappointed at all. Um, so the, the point is they've done a really good job of sort of keeping the music fresh and, and correcting things that I think need to be corrected. And those of you who follow the palaver sort of regularly might recall all of the discussions we had in the rush catalog about vapor trails. And I went to great lengths to get a hold of the remixed vapor trails and found that it really wasn't fundamentally any better than the original, uh, which, you know, could say any number of things, but the fact of the matter is, um, you know, Marillion has, you know, paid attention to this and in trying to give their fans, you know, access to the music, I think they've done the right things in trying to make sure that the, the, the fans have the right things to listen to, which is, is really kind of cool. The other thing that I was struck with is the amount of music that Marillion have provided us. So just going through the wikis, and this is not extensive because I know there's a lot of other sort of um, certainly live recordings of various natures um, that are available right now in the in Apple Music, for instance, as well as there are probably more compilations. But just going through the wikis, what I found was that between the release of Script for Jester's Tear in 1983 and An Hour Before It's Dark in 2022, that is 
a span of 39 years, which means here in this year, we are celebrating the 40th anniversary of Marillion. So I'm super excited that we get to see them. In that time, uh, according to the wikis, now again, this is not comprehensive, but according to the wikis, they have released 21 studio albums, and that's including besides themselves and with friends from the orchestra in there, eight live recordings and four greatest hits or compilation records. That's a grand total of 33 releases. That is a release every 1.2 years. That's not bad, folks. That is really a fantastic output from, from a group. Uh, you know, other bands that, you know, we like and listen to, um, you know, it takes much longer to get recordings out. And I'm looking, you know, I'm, I'm not looking. That sounds terrible. I'm thinking specifically about bands like Yes and King's X, you know, things like that. And here we have Marillion, who continue to, you know, produce high-quality music at quite a wonderful and satisfying rate. And, of course, this doesn't even encompass all of the side projects that they all have. So, um, you know, a lot of, lot of interesting things involved there. So as I've been going through this, I was sort of sharing some thoughts with the Palaver guys on our text, and so I thought I would run through those really quickly. It's actually still ongoing, but as something pops into my head, I I uh, number it and, and send it off. So the first thing, I'll just kind of go through these. The, the first one I had was I'd forgotten how much I enjoy Somewhere Else, uh, the album. That actually was released very shortly after the Marillion Weekend in 2007, as I recall. And it, for, there's something about that record that just hits with me. And I think I'm the only member of the Palaver that feels that way. And so it's sort of like an inside joke amongst us that, oh yeah, Joe likes somewhere else. But, and I think because of that, I, I hadn't listened to it in a really, really long time, probably not since we did it for the Marillion sequence, which was a really long time ago. And just listening to it the other day, I was, I was just struck by how much I really do enjoy that record. It, it, there's just some beautiful moments there. And the second one was that the remix of Radiation is quite good. It changes the some of the aspect of some of the songs. They come across a little bit differently, but in a way that I think is, you know, really beneficial to the songs themselves. And so I was really, really pleased with that. Now, one of the things that I'm completely remiss in doing, and I've only listened to it, I think twice, but I believe it was last year, year before, I had bought the the Fugazi remix, the super duper vinyl um, deluxe set with all the extra discs and everything else. I listened to that, like I said, a couple of times when I first got it, and I was amazed because that was almost like listening to an entirely different record. At the time, I did not have an original pressing of Fugazi, 
on vinyl. I actually did find one not too terribly long ago, but I haven't listened to that either. So one of the things that I need to do is is to go back and listen. But my initial recollection, and you know, if if any of you have listened to this and, and want to give me your thoughts, please, please do so. But my initial recollection on listening to that remix vinyl was that, you know, Fugazi is still awesome, but it was a completely, completely different experience. Um, it was almost like it was a different album. And much like, uh, you know, we're going back to Yes, but much like Yes have the original Fly From Here and Fly From Here Return Trip, it's almost like I can choose which Fugazi I want to listen to on any given day. Now, I haven't listened to either of them uh, recently. Um, they're still on my list of things to do, to listen to. And so I'll, I'll get to that. But anyway, I just wanted to point out that I think the Radiation remix was exceptionally well done. The third is I was listening to Holidays in Eden, um, fantastic album, Holidays in Eden. Funny, funny story about when that came out. I did not like it at all. I've grown to absolutely love that record. But the bonus material from Holidays in Eden that didn't make it on the original release, but is readily available uh, ever since, is really, really very strong. I think you know, the band obviously had a surplus of really quality material during, from those sessions. And it's really, really nice to be able to have access to all of that now. Staying on Holidays in Eden, I was in the car driving around trying to sing along. And, you know, Holidays in Eden for me is a very, very difficult album to try and sing. But the end of 100 Nights, <laughs> he absolutely just shreds me, leaves me in the dust, hurting and crying. It's it's very embarrassing. But it is fun, and I still try to do it every time, um, which is really, really cool. As an aside for Holidays in Eden that I have not made officially to the guys yet, the, the drum sounds in that are really, really good. Uh, again, if you listen to Progressive Palaver regularly, you know that we are somewhat overly fixated on drum sounds, and I do think that the drum sounds on Holiday Holidays in Eden are pretty spot on. The next observation that I made is that the 2019 remix of Afraid of Sunlight is demonstrably quote-unquote better, and that's in the sense that it's much more consistent and balanced that was one of the things we talked a lot over the years and, and probably a lot in the episode on Afraid of Sunlight, how just brutal that album and by extension uh, Brave can be on your speakers. You're constantly riding the volume dial. And if you're, if you've got the volume turned up and there are a couple of spots um, certainly in King, and I think the other one maybe is in Gispacho. You just hit this huge bottom end that comes in and destroys your speakers. Um, you know, a lot of that's fixed. And I think a lot of the, the, the overall mix of the various band members is more balanced in the remix, which is nice. And so, like I said, in, in a quantifiable way, 
it, you can easily say that the remix is better. But what I found, you know, and, and Afraid of Sunlight is a favorite of mine and Ken's. And I always have reacted very emotionally to that record. It just, it hits all the right buttons for me. But what I found um, listening to this 2019 remix is that I didn't quite get the highs that I traditionally feel when listening to that record. So, um, you know, take that for what it's worth. There was some discussion in the palaver about an hour before it's dark. Um, Ken has a theory that we covered the album at, at the wrong time of year. If we had covered it, um, I think I think the proper time is during the fall or winter. It may have been received better, but I will say that the opening sequence of An Hour Before It's Dark is exceptionally baller. Absolutely, absolutely love that record, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing that played live. The Stephen Wilson remix of Brave is very deftly done. I've only listened to this once at this point. I definitely need to listen to this multiple times and see how I feel about it. You know, it, it took me, it, well, I'll, I'll tell the story about how I figured Brave out soon enough, but it took me a, a good bit of time to sort of figure out why the original mix of Brave was the way it was. And so I've got to decide if I'm okay with what Stephen Wilson did. But I mean, generally speaking, you know, Stephen Wilson does great stuff. And as a corollary to that, my next observation was that Brave kicks fucking ass. That album is still so freaking good. It is absolutely not even funny. That is a tremendous album. And the last one that I felt obligated to share with the guys is that Marillion.com really has had quite a rehabilitation for me since we did that episode so long ago. I went into that episode really thinking I didn't like that album, thinking it sounded terrible and everything else. And, uh, you know, the more time I spend with that record, the better it gets. I'm, I'm really very impressed with Marillion.com at this point. So, um, as I said, I'm continuing going through the catalog and I anticipate that I will be listening extensively to Marillion for the next several weeks. So that way when um, I'm in Montreal and in the moment for all three nights, I will be able to be, you know, in the sort of right place and familiar with everything that I'm hearing and have all of the right reactions. I'm super, super excited by that. I'm super excited to be in Montreal, go to Schwartz's Deli, and have myself a really good sandwich, which is going to be spectacular. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just going to be, it's going to be great. Now, I, I mentioned earlier that I have two experiences with Marillion Weekends. So in 2007, Paul, Tom, and I went to the show, the Marillion Weekend three-day um, event in Holland, and it was just phenomenal. And we we were not plugged in to all of the extra things that we could have done. I mean, basically, we went there, we hung out during the day, we had dinner, we saw three great shows, and then we left. 
there, there's a lot more that's going on, obviously, in the, the Holland shows, for those of you who have been there and, and know that. And we met some people who sort of clued us in a little bit, but it was a little bit late at that point for us to get plugged in to all the right stuff that was going on. But we did hear about it. Um, but even without that, right, like it was it was phenomenal. I was, you know, much younger at that point. Um, I remember I had, I literally closed on a house like the day before I left and went to Holland with my buddies for five days, whatever it was. We spent 24 hours in, in Amsterdam afterwards and it was great. But when we were at the resort for the Marillion weekend, it was just, it was the most lovely thing because there was just music, Marillion music everywhere. And I remember specifically sitting down and having dinner one night while Fugazi was playing. Now, that's not an experience that you're ever going to have in a normal situation. So it was super exciting to be able to, to sit there and just, you know, immerse yourself completely in Marillion music, be surrounded by a whole bunch of people who feel the same way about this band that you do. And, you know, the three nights of concerts obviously was phenomenal. That was, um, there, there was a whole lot of interesting things that, that happened that weekend, but it was, it was just a very, very enjoyable time. And then in 2013, Paul and I, drove up to Montreal for the Saturday performance of Brave. We've talked about this in the palaver. I'm not going to belabor the point at this uh, at this juncture. You know, there were issues crossing the border, but it all culminated in the absolute most unforgettable concert experience of my life, seeing them perform Brave in its entirety um, that night. And, and in a Marillion weekend, it was somehow amplified and, you know, based on the lore, the fact that it was in Montreal maybe makes it even better, but it was unforgettable. So I have pretty high hopes at this point, uh, for, you know, being able to go back to Montreal and experience all three nights of this. It's going to be absolutely just off the charts and i can't wait and as if that's not good enough now one of the one of the lures that um go from the 2013 was if paul and i had been and i forget which night if it was friday or sunday but one of the nights i think it was friday one of the nights was the live performance debut of sound of contact we were not there that night so we did not see Sound of Contact nor hear Sound of Contact. And it would be many, many years before that album, Dimensionaut, made its way into our lives through the palaver. And again, those of you, well, you haven't, you've probably heard us talk about it a lot. And we actually have um, an episode where we discuss that album in its entirety. And it is just a game changer. So 
you know, there are there were four members of Sound of Contact. We've talked several times with Dave Kirshner here on the show, but Matt Dorsey has just recently released his latest recording, Let Go, and we're actually getting ready to talk to him tomorrow from when I'm recording this, actually. But Matt is performing, I believe, as the warm-up, warm-up act on Saturday night at the Marillion Weekend. So I am super, super excited to see that as well. There, there's just, there's so much good music going on here and the good vibes and the Montreal magic. It's just, I, I'm just so excited. I wanted to gush about it for a few moments. And so that's what I did. I appreciate your patience and, you know, providing me slash us the forum to be able to share these thoughts. And so if you are going to or have gone to one of the Marillion weekends this year, you know, let me know what your thoughts were. You can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We are at Prague Paul on all of those or search for Progressive Palaver. You're welcome to email us. Our email address is progpala, that's P-R-O-G-P-A-L-A at gmail.com. Progressive Palaver is available for subscription and download on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or presumably wherever you find your podcast. And we are, as always, hosted on SoundCloud. So until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>